Listen to that pyro. It's getting closer. Savor your fights and hang on to your feels, listeners. The war is coming to Next Wrestling Fan. I'm Megan Bob, and I'm here to understand the mysteries of wrestling. And I'm Miles, and I'm here to help. With the aid of my favorite wrestling show, this is The Next Wrestling Fan, an NXT review podcast for would-be wrestling fans who don't know where to start. And current wrestling fans who want to relive the magic of that first time. This week, we slap the episode of NXT that originally aired on December 4th, 2014, right in the face. Do we ever. And if that wasn't kinky enough for you, Bob and I would like to loudly declare that in next episode's takeover coverage, we're bringing something you've never seen before. Yeah. Welcome to episode 81 of The Next Wrestling Fan, a podcast of fights and feels. Last episode, Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville took a back seat for a week, while uh, NXT focused on some other stuff. This episode, Zayn and Neville are back, baby. Mmm, boy are they. Oh my goodness, are they back. I am very much looking forward to hearing Megan Bob's take on the latest installment of the feud between these two. But spoilers, that's the main event segment, because it fucking deserves to be. Yeah, it earns its place. Yeah, we do have to go through the whole rest of the show first, but we are going to do just that in Bob's breakdown, after which we will dig deep into the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling, and then award one or more lucky competitors. Gee, I wonder which ones (laughs) are going to be on the table. With the Boris Olivier Award for Outstanding Commitment to the Bit, we are not doing a wrestling term of the week this week for various reasons, but we will get Bob's fanfic explaining the concept of the Loser Leaves Town match. And as always, we'll close things out with the cheap pop quiz. But before all of that, before any of that, we cannot start the show without getting the answers to last episode's cheap pop quiz, Bob is coming off a sweep. I know, rare. Yeah, they suddenly have five points under their belt. Let's see if they kept that hot streak going. Question number one. So the good news in the NXT women's division on the next episode is that we get a match featuring a wrestler who is very good, but who won't become an NXT regular for years. Who would that be? A. Mia Yim. B. Shayna Baszler. C. Candice LeRae. D, Dakota Kai, or E, Rhea Ripley. Bob, you took your time with this one, reasoned it out a little bit. I did. And you landed on A, Mia Yim, and you were correct. Nailed it. I was so vindicated. I My only thought was that she's maybe the one old enough to be a contemporary with the rest of them, whereas the others are quite young, I think. Indeed. Question number two. The bad news in the NXT women's division is that somebody backstage has officially noticed the ratchet chants, and now one wrestler is actively encouraging the crowd to chant Mm -hmm. it at Sasha Banks, while another wrestler calls Sasha the name directly. Which two wrestlers perform those respective acts? Is it A, Bailey and Charlotte, B, Charlotte and Bailey, C, Charlotte and Alexa Bliss, D, Alexa Bliss and Becky Lynch? Or E, Alexa Bliss and Tyler Breeze. Bob, you figured that it was going to be Charlotte and Bailey. Mm. You selected the answer A. Bailey actively encourages the crowd to chant it. Charlotte calls her that directly. That was not the case. Yeah. It was, in fact, the other way around. Charlotte encouraged the crowd. Bailey called her that directly. I'm sure we'll get to it. Ooh. And question number three, the great news just overall is that there's another VOD villains silent film on the next episode. Last time, those dastardly Lucha Dragons were trying to rob a bank with dynamite. What are they up to this time? Is it A, putting sand in the gas tank of the mayor's car? 
B. Selling fake lottery tickets to the elderly. C. Replacing the head of a famous statue with a new head that has a luchador mask. D. Dropping water balloons off the roof of City Hall. Or E. Running a story in the local paper with the headline, Vaudevillains Secretly Sissies. <laughs> Bob, you were very tickled by the idea of putting sand in the ass tank of the mayor's car. You selected that answer. That was not correct, I'm afraid. It's what they should have been doing, but, you know. The correct answer was dropping water balloons off the roof of City Hall. <laughs> it's fine. That's fine. That is baby's first political protest. <laughs> Again, we'll talk more about that in Bob's breakdown, but six points now, Bob. Six points for you as we go into TakeOver, Our Evolution. This is, of course, the go-home show for Our Evolution. I think we should get into it. I think we should talk about it, Bob. Let's jump in to Bob's breakdown. In a hell of a go-home show it is, I would have to say that I am significantly more hyped for this takeover than the last one. And the last one was pretty good, but this one, I'm all in. All right. Our commentary team is Rich Brennan, Alex Riley, and Jason Albert. Look, we survive. We get through it. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Be home by Christmas. Match number one. Charlotte is wrestling in diamond earrings because she fears nothing. (laughs) Now, I want to say they are post earrings. They're not dangle earrings, but still. Do not wrestle in jewelry. Don't do it. It is terrifying, and I hate it. Every time I see somebody with a belly button ring, I'm like, You are taking your life in your fucking hands. What are you fucking thinking? Even if you get lucky multiple times, one of these days you're not going to be lucky and it's going to be disgusting. So I know Charlotte is wrestling Mia EM and I have seen current Mia EM, but I want to say this version of Mia EM looked like what if Sporty Spice and Baby Spice had a baby? (laughs) It is not a bad look. Go look. You are going to be like, that is exactly what she looks like. (laughs) The bleached bangs and the unbleached rest of the hair is a strong look, though. I do not hate it. I thought about doing a trading card for her since this is her first episode and she will be around later. However, she's not going to be around for a long fucking time. Mm. Like, Mia Yim doesn't come back to NXT after this until, like... I want to say like 2018 or something. Yeah, let's hold off. <laughs> so let's hold off on that. I will just say, though, that at this point, Mia Yim had competed for Combat Zone Wrestling, which was a uh, indie, a very hardcore indie promotion. Ooh. She had done work for Shimmer at this point. She had done work for Full Impact Pro, FIP. I think her main thing at the time was that she was in Shine Wrestling, and she had been in Shine Wrestling for a couple of years. But yeah, after this, she moves on to be a whole character in Impact for a while before her NXT debut, where she looks much different. So Mia Yim, unfortunately, loses almost immediately to Natural Selection. But there is one great moment where Charlotte slaps her in the upper back and she falls to one knee, hands clenched, like she's witnessed the devastation after the Saxons have attacked her village and is like, no, not the crops. Winter is coming. This is terrible. We will have to sustain ourselves by the goodness of our, you know, whoever the lord of the manor is. And he's a real a-hole. Oh, beautiful. But drama is happening. Sasha comes out, gets on the mic to start shit, and Charlotte responds by firing up the ratchet chant. Boo. Yeah. Sasha takes it in stride and attacks Charlotte for thinking she's something special for having the last name Flair and for believing that she's got anything to offer that Sasha doesn't have in spades. She also calls Ric Flair a pathetic old man, which I was like, look, I've seen him do a wrestle and it was all right, but like... I don't know that Sasha's necessarily wrong either, but... hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, as we record this, we are about, I want to say, like, two-ish weeks away from, quote-unquote, Ric Flair's last match, his official retirement match, which is going to be a whole thing in Nashville at the end of July. He's going to die, but okay. I think it's pathetic, personally. Yeah. Um, So, you know, whatever. I'm on Team Sasha on this, is what I'm saying. Yeah, same. Bailey comes out on a crutch and says, Charlotte won't say it, but I will. Why don't you shut 
your stupid ratchet face up. Sasha rightly reacts by kicking the crutch out from under Bailey. And I was like, you know what? Sasha's fucking right. Bailey, bad on you. Yeah. I hope that your knee is slightly more injured now. But Charlotte (laughs) is not going to let her GF get done dirty like that. So she hoists up Sasha like a bag of greens, screaming, get me a ref! And drags Sasha to the ring, shoving her under the ropes. Becky runs out and Charlotte knocks her off the apron. But it's the chance Sasha needs to get Charlotte from behind with the knees to the back lung blower that's guaranteed to make your kidneys regret everything. (laughs) Then, package. Tis the villains. The Lucha Dragons are dropping water balloons off of City Hall. Terrible. They'll take care of this. But first, training. Aiden English lifts an old-timey barbell with the round weights at either end. Gotch fights a stock-footage lion with a whip and chair. I can't imagine how that works as exercise, but it's probably good for your heart rate? Training complete. They sneak up behind the Lucha Dragons, tie their feet together, hand them an anvil tied to the other end of the string, and then when the Lucha Dragons drop it off the side of City Hall, they inevitably get pulled along with it. Cut to them with X's over their eyes and the vaudevillains holding up the championships. Uh, Miles... Yes. This feels like a sizable financial investment in the vaudevillains to make these videos. I mean, not the chonkiest chonka change, but it's not nothing to do this. It's not nothing, yeah. I really do wonder, it might have been like super cheap. <laughs> Maybe. In the fiction of the wrestling story, it definitely seems like, like, wow, you guys went out and did a whole production, huh? Yeah, I mean, just the post-production on it seems a little bit of a thing, but I've never done video editing. So I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Maybe it's incredibly easy to do that kind of post-production. And if you've got a green screen, you're good. So uh. I wonder how much it costs. You know, it definitely took somebody time. Yeah, I was curious about that. And I was curious about what that financial output meant. Because, I mean, they're pushing them. They're kind of pushing the Lucha Dragons, or they have been. They're kind of pushing Enzo and Cass-ish. But... It's interesting to see this and go, is that which way the wind is blowing? I don't know. I don't know what this means for TakeOver, but I am curious. I know. Come put a pin in that. I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you. So that, well, no, because you're going to have to ask about it. If that was like a waiting for me to tell you what was going to happen at TakeOver, I'm not going to tell you. Okay. All right. Well, my clever trap. I'm no villain. <laughs> <laughs> now we transition to match two. Wesley Blake and Buddy Murphy are fighting the villains. And as Neil says of Buddy Murphy, you can't spell Buddy without double D and really them titties. <laughs> them fucking titties on Buddy Murphy are fucking something. English is doing some heel things. He keeps judo flipping Blake into the ropes and getting his thighs bruised to shit in the process, one assumes. Mm-hmm. This commitment to hating Blake's legs continues as Gotch does torture squats with Blake in a hold. English and Gotch trade off wrenching Blake's leg in every direction like they've forgotten that it's righty-tighty, lefty-loosey, which, to be fair... I forget often. I have never remembered it once in my life. <laughs> I want to say also... <laughs> It doesn't help because I cannot tell my left from my right on my best day. I have to really sit there. Like, I'll do the L thing with my fingers, and it still takes me a good 15 seconds of going, which of these is an L? <laughs> like, my spatial awareness is so poor. I cannot begin to tell you. I will say that every time I have to turn like a nut on a bolt or whatever, or like yeah, I have to say that to myself in my head every single goddamn time. Righty tighty, lefty loosey. Every time. And gotta help me, Bob, if there's ever one of those weird ones where it's the opposite. Because (gasps) every time that happens, my brain shuts down. I don't know what to do. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, God. Look, not everybody can come up with fucking Jason Jordan wrestling detective either. They're like, you know, do this kind of shit. So you can't do what I do, other people. Exactly. (laughs) The salve to my wounds for the fact that I often confuse left and right. (laughs) Oh, backstage. Daddy is annoyed. Yeah, he is. He can't find Marcus Louis, and Breeze could not give less of a shit about it. (laughs) So the rematch is canceled, which is just fine with Breeze. 
Kid rolls up asking for a rematch with Finn Balor. And this is why daddy is daddy. Mm-hmm. He sees opportunities where everyone else sees problems. So Balor and Atami versus Breeze and Kid. Kid and Breeze look about as thrilled with that as you'd expect and sulk off together to go try and scrape together some tag team cohesion. Now, two amuse-bouche of matches. Bull Dempsey destroys Elias Sampson with that flying headbutt. Stop doing those. Stop doing those. And then without waiting for Dempsey to finish walking up the ramp, Corbin's music hits and he heads to the ring to murder Steve Cutler with the end of days. <gasps> Tension. Mm. All right, moving swiftly on. KO package. Yay. Apparently, Kevin Owens has standing relationships with multiple current WWE wrestlers. Well, current to where we're covering. Yes. And is also best friends with Sami Zayn. Now, I know that that's going to be important in some way. Yes. I don't know how, but I know it is. And I know that it's also been super important on the indies, sort of, also. So I am very excited about this. We're going to talk a lot more about Sammy and Kevin and their relationship on the next episode. Huzzah. Now, the main event, sort of? I mean, I guess if you consider the match the main event, then I guess it's the main event. FYI, Breeze is residing in Helsinki, Finland at the moment. Like, that's a seasonal residence. Kid is accompanied by Natty. Sadly, this dress does not have the magic boobs split screen. No, no, I missed it. I know. I know. I did too. I was like, I mean, it's a fine dress. Natty always looks beautiful, but also, eh. Balor and Tommy are opposite them and have some sense of giving a fuck about each other. So it is going to take a miracle for Breeze and Kid to pull a win here. But they are heels. So there is that. They do have that going for them. The match starts and Tommy makes sure that Kid knows what he's capable of. And when Kid trades it off to Breeze, Breeze looks like he's in trouble until Balor gets tagged in. Kid pulls a blind tag and then sneaks up behind Balor to club him in the back when he's got his eyes on Breeze. Kid looks so fucking pleased with himself. (laughs) It's the worst and I love it. He has the smile on his face of a man who has a painting of himself in his own bedroom. (laughs) Ugh, disgusting. When Breeze gets his hands on Balor again, the ref tries to intervene and Breeze screams at the absolute affront of the referee touching him. I was like, oh, that's mean. And then I looked at the referee and I was like, this guy looks like he might be a pickup artist. So I'm kind of with Breeze on this Oh one. man, now I want to know which ref it is now. I totally didn't notice. It might have been Drake. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's a perfectly normal, sane human being i don't know very possible but there's also a very good chance he is not that he's a carny so well we'll see kid gets back in and cranks balor's arms like he's one of those shitty old wine bottle openers like you know the ones that have the little arms they have to fuck around with right do you know the ones i'm talking about i do yes they're crap so this delicious wine bottle that is finn balor cannot be opened yes he gets over to a tommy for a tag and a tommy explodes into action being the absolute fuck out of breeze while Kid tries to drag Itami away, Ballard does his double foot stomp from off the top rope, smearing Breeze on the mat like he's sidewalk chalk after a rainstorm. He is wearing those kind of colors. He does look like sidewalk chalk. Mm-hmm. Itami finishes him off and pins him for the win. And then interestingly, Ballard gets on the mic to promise that he's coming to take over or evolution, which is how you say it if you're Irish. <laughs> And he's bringing something we've never seen before. I mean, buddy, those... Is it your dick? I was going to say, those little briefs ain't hiding much, so I'm curious to see where we go from here. Are you bringing your dick? Just tell me. Because I'll tune in. I know. He's like, I can't imagine what you're hiding, son. I don't know what it could possibly be or indeed where you could put it. (laughs) All right. In-ring shenanigans. Lady Whistledown's Society Report. Oh, boy. Mr. Neville and Mr. Zane have been at odds for some time now, and while I do believe the Tawn has quite made up their minds who they side with, that means little in determining the outcome of this matchup. Mr. Neville announced his commitment to win at any cost, a truth we've seen borne out in his matches. 
Is he proud of his tactics? One would assume so, but he very firmly denied any such feelings. It is simply that he is willing to do what he must, which is not what Mr. Zane is prepared to do. Mr. Zane is nice. Too nice, in the words of Mr. Neville. Mr. Zane arrives in time to hear Mr. Neville say that if Mr. Zane insists on leaving the town after a defeat, then that is his right. But Mr. Neville will not hold himself responsible for those actions. Mr. Zane bristled that his opponent would feel so certain of his future victory, and indeed that Mr. Zane is too nice. Mr. Neville attempted to smooth things over, assuring Mr. Zane that he thought highly of him, respected him, and looked forward to the bout of their careers before offering his handshake to Mr. Zane. The town was quite divided on how Mr. Zane should proceed, but Mr. Zane was not. He turned aside the handshake, announcing that this was not about friendship or respect, before slapping Mr. Neville. Mr. Zane then declared in a fit of outrage that Mr. Neville would not end him and had no right to even imagine such a thing. No, he would end Mr. Neville and take the championship when next they met. This author, and indeed the entire town, await this meeting with bated breath. Fiend. Thank you, Lady Whistledown. I know, there's times whenever only Lady Whistledown will do. It's true. It's true. Well, thank you so much for that breakdown, Bob. What did you think of this episode overall? What a fucking go-home show. Yeah. What a fucking go-home show. I feel bad in some ways because... I was watching it and I was interested and I was interested and, it, you know, things were happening. And then Zane and Neville come out and it's like the rest of it just melted into nothing. It's like the rest of the show didn't even fucking happen. The vaudevillains were there. Like, I just read this to you. Mm -hmm. I don't remember anything except <laughs> the fact that Zane and Neville faced off against each other and Sammy Zane snapped. And he snapped in a way that, from anyone else, would have felt like a heel turn. But it didn't feel like a heel turn. It felt like a leveling up. And that was really interesting because typically being the one to be the aggressor in something like that is such a heel move. Mm -hmm. But it felt like, no, this isn't a heel move. This is him changing in a way that he needs to change in order to be capable of being champion. But I, may, I don't know. Maybe it is a heel turn, but I don't think so. I knew this promo was coming. I remember this promo very clearly in the segment. It's not a contract signing, which I love about it. It's just Neville coming out to address. And like, I love that when Sammy comes out is so well done. A lot of times in wrestling, the babyface or whoever it is tends to like wait until there's a very clear end of the promo before interrupting. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, what else was he going to say? Like, good job interrupting. And it was very clearly, this is when you come out, right? Yeah. This one felt very much like Neville had more to say, but Sammy had fucking heard enough. Yeah. And I want to talk about this more a little bit later on, obviously, but just Sammy's like passion. And again, I'm certainly not going to give away whether this was a heel turn, what's happening with Sammy's character or takeover, whatever. But like to come out and be, you know, this character, like the contrast between them, we talk about it so often, but like Neville is still here just like calmly being him, being in control, doing his thing. And Sammy's just fucking sick of it. And would you please just fucking be a human being, for God's sake? Mm. And his passion comes out, the slap. I will never forget the last line where he's like, you're not ending anything. You don't get to end me. I end you and your story as an NXT yes. champion. I'm taking that title. And he throws the mic before he's even done with the word title. And like, it's so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> it is so fucking good. And I also want to really highlight that there was a moment in it. And like, obviously they knew what they were going to do, but the crowd is ready 
for Neville to make a heel turn. Mm-hmm. Like the crowd is anticipating a heel turn from Neville because he's like, do you think I'm proud? Do you think I'm proud of what I did? Right. Do you think I'm proud of these things, like these low moves that I made? And that is such a fucking like catnip. You know what that is. That's bait to lure you in. And then he's going to say, I am proud. I don't regret anything. Right. It's the best thing I ever did. And he fucking doesn't. He says, no, if I had had my way, it would have gone completely differently. This would have been a totally different thing and I would have run legitimately. But I didn't because I knew what I needed to do. And this was the situation. Right. And it was like, holy shit. What the fuck? I feel so strongly about this that I can't wait to get to a later segment to talk about it more. (laughs) But. Okay. The rest of the episode was fine. There were good things about it that I liked, but, like, no offense, who fucking cares? In many ways, who fucking cares? And I say that with deepest love for every other thing going on. I mean, maybe not the fucking Baron Corbin shit, but (laughs) I do care about Baron Corbin as a human being. Right. I'm not interested in what they're doing right now. But, yeah, everybody's doing something. This is fucking next, not even next level. It's like, this is galaxy brain shit. Agreed. All right, let's fucking talk about it. Let's fucking talk about it more. Let's get into the sight, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. Megan Bob, in this episode, what did your elf eyes see? There's a lot to talk about, and I could have pulled everything from that fucking last segment with Zane and Neville, but I'm not. There's a moment whenever Finn is coming into the ring, he's finishing up his entrance, crouches down, one knee, hands kind of over the eyes like he's going to do a thing, and then spreads out his hands. Yeah. Very dramatic. Very beautiful. He always looks gorgeous. Yep. Natty is in the shot (laughs) and looking at Finn as he does the end of that entrance, like she is looking at a fallen elf king who she is desperate to fuck. And I was like, (laughs) same girl, same. Look at that fallen elf king. He's so hot. And yeah, it was very special to be like, you know what, Natty, you and I, we're on the same page. I don't know if you know this. She has like, I don't know if it's exactly an OnlyFans, but something like OnlyFans with her sister. What? (laughs) Yeah. Natty has, like, a super hot sister, and they do, like, sexy photos and stuff together online. That's... I have mixed feelings about it, but... It's... yeah. Miles, what did your elf eyes see? The Kevin Owens video package, which is great. And, like, really does a fantastic job of laying out that character and who he's kind of going to be in NXT. Uses a lot of, like, footage from the independent scene. Mm. Because he talks about how he wrestled Daniel Bryan back in the day and Seth Rollins and Neville and Zayn. And there's just a lot of stuff from the indies that shows up in this video package. And... I'm not prepared to say this is the first time that's happened in NXT, though it might be. But I just think that's very interesting because Owens is... I kind of view his entry into NXT as, like, the door opening, finally, for NXT to just be, like, the place where the big indie stars go. Yeah. They will never... I'm sure they might. I don't... They get so far into acknowledging the independent scene in NXT. Like, it's really crazy thinking back on it now. And when it was happening, it was like, wait, what? What do you mean you just showed PWG footage or, like, an image (laughs) from fucking CZW or whatever, Ring of Honor, on the screen? Like, y'all never do that. But this is the start of NXT really being the place where, like... You can just go and work for WWE and you get to keep your fucking name and your look and your character and your moveset. And that was just like never a thing in WWE before this. And I I think Owen's arrival is kind of the place where I date that. And if that's the case, then this video package might be like the official place where I date it. Because I don't remember talking about NXT using indie footage before. That was really interesting to see, and I deeply enjoyed getting to see it. Especially those photos of them whenever they're all babies. That was great. Yeah. 
All right, Bob, what did your Vulcan ears hear? Well, <laughs> I'm not going to do the accent. I can't fucking do it. Okay. Looks like you haven't got the night off after all, flower. Mm. Ugh. Mm. I know. William Regal calling anyone flower is... Uh, it just does things to my entire fucking soul. If you have never been called flower or petal by somebody from that part of the world <laughs> you are missing the fuck out it is exceptional he he called somebody flower on twitter the other day <gasps> and i wanted to like i wanted to i almost did it i almost retweeted it just being like will you also please call me flower too sir <laughs> <laughs> I swear to fucking God, if he had that little thing, actually, some wrestlers do have it where you can get them to record a little thing for you on a special thing that Pro Wrestling Tees does. Or if he had a cameo. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, cameo. That would be worth 200 fucking dollars. Easily, that would be worth $200 to me. Megan, Bob, the day that William Regal gets on cameo, if he's not, I I should check to see if he's on already, but the day that William Regal gets on cameo, I am like buying one for you. Oh my God. Is that fucking Kickstarter? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I could survive it. I would just be curled in a ball listening to that forever until I died. So beautiful. (laughs) All right, speaking of beautiful things, well, maybe beautiful, we'll find out. Miles, what did your Vulcaneers hear? Well, speaking of that same backstage segment, mm-hmm. but a different part of it, when Breeze and Kid walk away to go get their tag team cohesion, as you so accurately put it, <laughs> I don't know if you caught Kid's parting line, but mm-hmm. he looks at Breeze and like his outfit is like fringe on his jacket or whatever, and he's just like... That better not be cat fur. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. It's so fucking it. brilliant. You. It's so brilliant. Oh, love it. Love it. All right, Bob. What did your human heart feel? Okay, so obviously the fucking end bit, but the moment when Zane slaps Neville, that exact moment, it was so hot. It was so ragey. It was everything I love. But more than any of that, I never saw it coming. No. Nothing about Sami Zayn prepared me for that being what he did. It caught me in a way that I think a lot of times pro wrestling doesn't catch you, which is part of the magic of how the medium works is that the medium lulls you into going, of course, you know where the story is going. This is formulaic storytelling. You know exactly where this is going. You're safe here. You can see the ending. You can see it. And then out of nowhere, sometimes will just swerve on you in the most powerful way that only works because you have been so prepared to believe that you know exactly where it's going. And that was textbook. It was so good. So good. I think like more than anything else you've said on this podcast, that really reveals to me how far you've come in your understanding of how (laughs) wrestling works. Because like... Because it's so fucking true. You and I have talked about the fact that sometimes your wrestling consumption just happens because you have it on in the background. Mm-hmm. Because wrestling will lull you. Wrestling has little rhythms. You, we can watch the show for weeks and weeks at a time. Never be surprised. Yeah, it'll be good or it'll be bad or it'll be whatever, but it'll kind of like wash over you and then draw back and roll off your brain again. And I think that's why... People a lot of the time have like lulls in their wrestling fandom or in their period where they're watching, right? But then there's always that one thing. Ask any wrestling fan. They'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, I wasn't really watching from 2005 to 2009. But then so-and-so won the Royal Rumble and that brought me back in. Or like everybody has these moments where they come back to wrestling because holy shit, this happened. And I did not expect this to happen. And it got me very excited. And this is one of those points for me, really. This feud and this takeover that we're going to cover on our next fucking episode, it's like this is one of those moments where this was where I kind of came back to wrestling. And I was fucking back to wrestling for a while after this. You know what I mean? Like, I never really lapsed again for any real Mm. reason after this. This is what got me back in after a period of time where I really was not super into it. 
compare this to that weird moment back at the very beginning of our coverage, like episode three or four or some shit. Mm-hmm. And maybe not that early, but like it was pretty early in our coverage. You remember that weird backstage moment where Sammy asks Tyler or like some, I, yes, somebody like where you got that sweet man purse? Yes. Do you remember this? And it was like super out of character, like this weird, like this is supposed to be a baby face thing. He's talking to a heel, but it just makes you feel like a jerk. Yeah. This is like the opposite of that. This is the character growing and evolving and changing. And what's drawing us in about the storyline is not some like total swerve, not some like super unexpected. Oh, my God, somebody turned heel or oh, my God, somebody showed up from another company. It's oh, my God, this character is growing before our eyes. And who is he going to become now? Yeah. That is the fucking good shit. That's the 1% of wrestling storytelling where there's nothing better in the world. Yes. And I cannot fucking wait to get to take over. I have been waiting so long. I've been waiting fucking... How long are we doing? Three years doing this podcast. <laughs> I've been waiting to get to take over. To this takeover. <sighs> I, well, I was going to ask what your human heart felt, but it sounds like we've already covered it. Have we? Yeah, we basically have. So I had something else actually written down. The reason I wanted to talk about that Sammy moment with the man purse is because I feel like we kind of got that moment from Bailey on this episode. Yeah. The whole thing where she's just like, why don't you shut your stupid ratchet face up or whatever? I was like, that's fucking out of character. She would never say that. Like, I tried to justify it by being yeah. like, well, she's been hanging out with Charlotte or whatever, but like, I'm just going to ignore it and move past it. It made me feel bad and I don't want to feel yeah. bad. And it's not like that moment informs her character going forward. So it's fine. That was kind of what I originally had written down for my human heart. Cause I knew that for oh, years totally. we were going to talk about Sammy and Neville. So yeah, I think part of what happens in wrestling, especially given that it's a product that WWE has so many fucking fingers in the pie is, yeah, I guess you do end up with shit that just doesn't fit, but yeah. you, it's still considered canon and you have to kind of like look at it and then go, well, it doesn't fit with anything else. And so despite the fact that it is canon, I have to kind of discount it because it fits with literally nothing else that is happening. Exactly. And I don't want to sit here and no prize it. So right. out it goes. Although we should say it's inappropriate, bad, wrong, and they shouldn't have fucking done it. There you go. Shouldn't have fucking done it. Stop doing it. God damn it. Anyway, yes. yes. So that is also what my human heart felt. Also, just want to say, real proud of Sasha Banks for walking the fuck out. Yeah. Hope she goes. Hope she gets her trillion dollar movie deal. Me too. And gets paid to do all the wonderful things that she's capable of. And that she gets, like, famous AF for being talented in all the fucking ways that she is. So, Sasha Banks... Go live your fucking greatest life and fuck Vince McMahon. Don't go to AEW either, Sasha. Go do more Star Wars. Go do more Star Wars. AEW is not big enough for her. There's no fucking... AEW wouldn't know what to fucking do with her. There's no way. I'd be... Yeah. They could not handle her. Agreed. Well, those were the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. If the Sasha Banks situation has changed by the time you hear this, just uh, go ahead and apply that. Whatever has happened, just imagine how we would have responded to that. Yeah. Based on the previous conversation. Bob, it's now time to award... For the foregone conclusion. For the foregone conclusion. It's time to award somebody with the Borens Olivier Award for Outstanding Commitment to the Bit. So, Bob, who gets your Lawrence Bolivier for this episode? Okay, it is Zane, but okay. I want to say that it's because, to me, it's extremely hard to do what Sami Zayn did. Not just to make a change in your character while being watched, but it's extremely hard to go to a place of anger and intensity without it turning into parody almost immediately. Yes, that's so hard to do. For it to feel lived in and real is, to me, a real trick of acting. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, like, I wish Dan was here to talk about this, the way that Sami Zayn handled this, because it was meaningful and lived in in a way that I haven't seen anybody do in any of the episodes prior to this one. 
really. It's just not that kind of thing. And Neville had to be the straight man and like hold it and hold that space. And he fucking set it up to fucking perfection. Like he teed it up so that Sami Zayn could just kill it. Yes. But Sami Zayn did kill it in a way that shocked me because I am used to seeing what I can only describe as pro wrestling anger. Mm -hmm. Yes. We did not see pro wrestling anger from Sami Zayn. We saw actual human anger, like acting. Yeah. Real, the right kind, the kind that you would want to see in a real performance and a performance that fucking meant something and he did it. Don't you fucking condescend to me. Don't you fucking talk to yes. me that way. If you say that we're friends and you respect me, fuck you. Yeah. 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 It's so good. Miles, I can't imagine you're going to disagree with me on this one. Who's getting your Lawrence Bolivier Award? For reasons you have already described, I'm actually giving mine to Neville. <gasps> really? <laughs> Tell me all about it. So... You know what, Bob? I'm going to let someone else briefly tell you all about it. Allow me, please, to read you an excerpt from this article here. And this article covers a lot of things, but it covers this moment. Let's take a moment to appreciate how vital Neville is in this feud. Because his total lack of personal animus towards Sammy in this promo throws the conflict into perfect belief. If Sammy's opponent were someone he could hate, this would be a battle between two people. But Neville's cool fondness and utter lack of faith in Sammy makes clear that the struggle isn't merely between two individuals. It's Sammy and his ideals versus the world-weary pragmatic cynicism that Neville stands for. Mm. If it were someone Sammy could hate cleanly, it would all be so much easier. Instead, he lashes out at Neville, but then stares wildly around the ring for something tangible to fight, baffled and furious. He's angry at Neville for being condescending and craven, but even more, he's angry at the world of wrestling, which so rarely rewards the good. Angry at the world in general, which even more rarely re rewards the good. And finally, of course, worst and deepest of all, he's angry at himself. He lashes out at himself, tearing at his own hair, wondering if Neville is right, furious that he's even wondering it. Mm. The person who wrote that article, <gasps> who wrote those words, mm -hmm. goes by the handle of Myth, and she will be joining us on our next episode for our coverage of NXT TakeOver Our Evolution. Oh my god. We are not worthy. No one is worthy. <laughs> yes, this is true. It's M-I-T-H, Myth. M-I-T-H. Strongly recommend that you go look at her stuff, unless you're trying to remain spoiled for TakeOver, as Bob is. Bob has not been allowed to read any of Myth's stuff to this point. So Myth is... You just need to follow Myth on Twitter. Yes. It's... And everywhere. At Myth's It's gifts, very important. Right? If you have ever seen a wrestling gif on the internet, Myth probably did it. I just think that's such a perfect encapsulation, and I think it plays in so well with what we've talked about with Neville the entire time for years now at this point. Neville in this feud represents the cold, hard reality of the wrestling business, and there's nobody better to do it because he's the one throughout this entire show who best understands the reality of the wrestling business. We've talked about it ad nauseum. And for him to just stand there in the ring and perfectly embody that character, I agree with you that Zane knocks it out of the park, but that tee-up is fucking perfect. You know what? Yeah. And the ball wouldn't travel as far or travel as beautifully with that amazing arc that it has if it weren't so perfectly lobbed up. And so I am giving my Lawrence Olivier Award to Adrian Neville. They're perfect. They're amazing. They are. And on our next episode, we get to see something that I would describe as both perfect and amazing from these two. So, I'm so excited. Not to build it up too much, but <laughs> it is like my favorite wrestling match. So. <laughs> I am extremely excited. I can't wait to do that. I can't wait to talk about TakeOver Evolution with you and with Myth. Still can't believe that's actually happening. We got to get out of here, though, so we can get ready for that. But we can't quite yet. We can't quit yet for two reasons. Because first, we need a Bob fanfic. Yeah. The wrestling term of the week from the last episode was Loser Leaves Town. Tell me all about it. 
Thank you to Danny Blackson and Claire Mulcairn for this. Claire didn't give me this, but this is for Claire. <laughs> Mario and Bowser had been circling each other for the past year, but no match had truly been decisive. Peach wasn't even a factor anymore, leaving both of them for Daisy and quite happy about it. It all came down to a Loser Leaves Town match. One of them needed to go. The crowd was hotter for this than any of the other matches on the card, and when Mario pinned Bowser for three, the crowd nearly tore the arena apart in their excitement. Backstage, after it all cleared out, Mario turned to his longtime opponent. You did a good out there! <laughs> Bowsette adjusted her skirt and leaned closer to the mirror, adjusting her hold on the mascara wand. I can't thank you enough for helping me to do this. I'm ready to come back as me this time. I'll take a few weeks off, get everything just the way I want it for my new debut, and be ready to show up at the end of the month. They're gonna love you. You're gonna be the biggest face in the company. <laughs> I don't know. People get shitty about this kind of thing. Are they ready for a tea girl to kick ass and take names? If they're not, then I'm gonna kick ass and take names. Yeah. I've got your back, Bazetta. You're the best, Mario. But hey. Remember that I can still kick your ass in the ring. <laughs> ah, well, we'll see about that, my friend. <laughs> this is my Bowsette gets to live her wrestling dreams and the best reason ever to, like, leave town and just get to come back and do your thing. I love it. And also, Mario says trans rights. Mario says fucking trans rights, and so do we. Yeah. Thank you so much for that fanfic, Bob. That was very special. I really appreciated it. Fucking trans rights are human rights, and fuck J.K. Rowling. Anyway. Yes. Today, every day, and twice on Christmas. Goddamn right. It's about time to end our show, Bob. But we can't do that, of course, without completing the Cheap Pop Quiz. All right. Let's take over Cheap Pop Quiz, so get ready. <sighs> Frick. All right, Bob, question number one. So we know for a fact that there are four confirmed matches at NXT TakeOver Our Evolution. However, two notable people who appeared on this week's episode of NXT are not currently announced for the show, Tyson Kidd and Tyler Breeze. What are they doing at TakeOver? Is it A, Kidd wrestles the debuting Kevin Owens. Breeze does not appear on the show. B, Breeze wrestles the debuting Kevin Owens. Kidd does not appear on the show. C. Kid and Breeze team up again to take on Wesley Blake and Buddy Murphy. D. Kid and Breeze wrestle each other. Or E. Neither Kid nor Breeze appears on the show. It would make so much sense for them to use Kid to put Kevin Owens over, but that would just be so destructive to Kid in some ways. Okay. Maybe neither of them appear in the takeover. That would be odd, but all right. Neither of them appear in the takeover. Neither Kid nor Breeze appears on the show. Question number two. Meanwhile, you've also got Baron Corbin and Bull Dempsey doing their thing on this episode, but they likewise haven't been announced for takeover. What are these two dudes doing on the show? A. Corbin squashes Ty Dillinger while Dempsey applauds sarcastically from the audience. B. Dempsey squashes Jason Jordan, while Corbin applauds sarcastically from the audience. C. Similar to this episode, Corbin squashes Ty Dillinger, and then Dempsey squashes Jason Jordan, but faster. D. Corbin and Dempsey wrestle each other. Or E. Neither Corbin nor Dempsey appears on the show. I like the Bull Dempsey squashes somebody faster okay so corbin squashes dillinger and then dempsey squashes jason jordan but faster yeah all right and question number three bob you know what time it is it's time to choose who wins the three championship matches going down at takeover our evolution those being the lucha dragons versus the vaude villains for the nxt tag team titles Charlotte versus Sasha for the NXT women's title, and Neville versus Zayn for the NXT title. Who wins those three matches? Okay. I think Sammy wins. Okay. I, I think it's all getting shaken up. I think the 
VOD villains win because I think you'd want to take it off a of baby face, even though they've had it for such a short period of time. Mm-hmm. But they're pushing the VOD villains so fucking hard. Okay. It would be weird if they weren't doing that. And then now that Charlotte is a face, I'm kind of wondering if they're going to take it and put it on Sasha. Okay. I think the belts might all be moving. So your answer is Zane, Banks, and the VOD villains. Yeah, it's a bold prediction, but... That is bold. I like it, though. Well, we'll see. I will be interested no matter what. I am curious about any of these matches and their outcomes, and I genuinely don't feel like I have a great handle on... The only one I feel fairly certain about is Sammy, and that has nothing to do with the Loser Leaves Town and everything to do with the arc of this story. Right, that makes sense. All right, well, come back on our next episode to hear how Bob did on this edition of the Cheap Pop Quiz. And come back on our next episode for NXT TakeOver Our Evolution with fucking myth. Yeah! Jesus, we're so fucking lucky. If you can't tell, we're very excited. (laughs) Holy fuck, we're so excited. Megan Bob, you sweet, horny little naive. You heart eyes emoji with a septum piercing. You're looking so forward to take over. It's a good one. It's a really good one. So much to see with your elf eyes. So much to feel. With your big, beautiful, mark-ass heart. Little do you know what is coming. After takeover, there's going to be an invasion. If you think that you've begun to find the limits of what can be tolerable in wrestling, you are in the play place. You have not even begun to explore this dismal McDonald's, Megan Bob. I'm going to take you there. Two weeks from TakeOver, you and I are finally going to leave the tutorial area in your quest to understand the mysteries of wrestling. And what you find there, it's not going to be good boys. You will shiver in the dark for want of your beloved hot, sapphic action. This will not be about fights and feels. This will be war. And the difference will be black and white. Well, that's about all we got for this episode of The Next Wrestling Fan. Megan Bob, once again, not here for this outro. Just me in the booth today. Bob dealing with some personal stuff and I just want to send them all of our love right now. Everything's fine. Everything's okay for anybody worried about them, but they could really use some thoughts at the moment just for some stuff that they're dealing with. So if you have a moment to spare for Bob, please go ahead and send kind and loving vibes their way. As a result of Bob not being here, I'm not going to do too complicated of an outro today, but thank you all, as always, for listening. Thank you to all of our patrons who go over to patreon.com slash NXT Wrestling Fan. Times like this, we really appreciate you more than we ever have before. You help us pay, among other things, our editor, our wonderful editor, Lucas Brown, who is the reason this show continues to exist. Thank you, Lucas. We love you as well and appreciate you as always. Appreciate all of our patrons. Appreciate everybody who listens. Quick note, we've been doing some current events commentary in wrestling recently as I have been following all of it in my official job capacity, which is not something I was doing before. Since the last time we recorded, I'll tell you guys, I picked a really great time to get into the wrestling news business here in 2022. It's just been massive industry-shaking story after massive industry-shaking story this year. And the most recent story, of course, if you're not aware, involves All Elite Wrestling, CM Punk, the All Out pay-per-view, which I watched, didn't love, but I've kind of come to the conclusion at this point that AEW really just not for me. There's a lot of reasons why. I'm not going to throw any shade at the product because I don't think it's bad. I just don't think it's for me. And honestly, like part of the reason why I don't think it's for me, ironically, is because I think my views on wrestling and how to watch wrestling and what I enjoy about watching wrestling have changed since starting this podcast and since watching wrestling with Megan Bob. I want to get into more about that when they are here, because I actually want to talk to them about the fact that my views have changed. But I just want to say, so, (laughs) so after, 
after All Out, CM Punk, who wins the world championship in Chicago that night, uh, his hometown, goes to the post-show media scrum, targets Nick Hausman, who is my co-worker, my co-editor at Wrestling Inc., Punk goes immediately to Nick, who's also from Chicago, and starts asking him questions about Cole Cabana and whether or not he's friends with Cole Cabana. Nick's like, no, I'm not. And Punk is like, obviously had planned to springboard into some kind of media rant because of this. Now has to rethink his whole spiel and ends up just going on a tear. A very public, very epic tirade against Cole Cabana, against his co-workers in AEW, the AEW EVPs, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Kenny Omega, and these comments, these fiery comments from Punk apparently lead to a fight breaking out backstage between Punk and the EVPs. Everybody involved has been suspended, except for we don't know about Punk himself, because apparently he was like injured during the championship match so he was gonna have to vacate the title anyway because he's out for eight months so just a lot going on there's more to it than i just laid out for those of you who haven't been following it i am gonna go ahead and be a homer and recommend that you go over to wrestling inc if you want all the stories about this story if you're looking for my personal take on it i don't really have one aside from the fact that everybody kind of looks bad everybody kind of comes off worse after this. And the person that I think comes off the worst is Tony Khan. I think Tony Khan just does not present himself well and does not act the way one would expect the CEO of a major wrestling promotion to act, in my opinion. The fact that he sat there next to Punk and let Punk go off. Punk's doing this with the CEO of the company sitting right next to him. He's going scorched earth on people who are technically above him in the hierarchy. And then, like, Khan, later in the press conference, he, like, pulls some really childish shit, gets really mad at WWE for counter-programming, for running two pay-per-views the same weekend that All Out happened, which, what did you expect, man? Grow a thicker skin, for God's sake. And then he proceeds to announce on Dynamite that the championships, Punk was holding the world championship, obviously. The EVPs, Omega, the Young Bucks, they had actually just won the inaugural trios championship. So they had to be stripped of their titles because they were suspended. He didn't address the incident at all. He didn't explain why. He just said the titles were being vacated and that we were going to crown new champions. And I understand there's an internal investigation. Maybe he can't say anything for legal reasons, but that being as it may, I don't think he comes out of this looking good. I don't think anyone comes out of this looking good. I don't think AEW in general comes out of this looking good. And that's not great for them because we're in a period where they have lost the built-in advantage of programming against a Vince McMahon product, which is inherently going to carry a stigma because it's inherently worse than it should be. And now, WWE programming is better than it has been before, and it's not a great time. Not a great time for all this to happen to AEW. I'm not saying the company's going under or anything like that. I'm not saying Punk is going to get fired, although I do suspect he might choose to walk away, or at least, like, I don't know about bringing this guy back. He's forty. He's going to be 44 years old next month, and he's both times you gave him your, your championship, he got hurt immediately and had to not be around for a while, so... I don't know. My point is that it's a very interesting story. That's my take on it. But yeah, that's what's going on in wrestling right now. That's kind of my take on it. And I look forward to see how AEW responds. And I hope they bounce back. Because honestly, like, I don't want that company to fold. I don't want them to go under. Even though I recognize that objectively, they are not my wrestling show of choice. So, hope you all enjoyed that. That's kind of my take on the current goings-on. Very excited about our next episode, as I have mentioned. We also have a pretty major announcement, Bob and I, that we're going to drop on our next episode. So, keep an ear out for that. But beyond that, the next episode in general is just going to be fucking amazing. I'm so excited for you all to hear it. That's coming in two weeks. Please keep an eye out for that and just, like, just bask in its glory, as Keith Lee might say. So... 
That having been said, thank you all for listening. Please go listen to Hard Choices. The Muppets episode is out. It's glorious. Please go listen to Garden Plots with Skeletor and all the stuff that our little group of podcasters is doing. We have a new Discord channel, a new Discord group for the Smash Fiction Fan Faction. So if you have not wanted to join the Fan Faction because it was a Facebook thing, now it's a Discord thing. So you can feel free to get in on that. That's a fan group for all of our shows, including this one. Talk about wrestling in there. It's really fun. Thanks, everybody. Really appreciate you. Once again, let's just keep bobbing our thoughts. They're doing fine, but they could, again, they could use the vibes. So thank you so much. We will see you in two weeks with a new episode, the greatest episode to date of The Next Wrestling Fan. The NXT Wrestling Fan is produced by Lucas Brown with logo design by Claire Mulcarin. Special thanks to Rafael Medina for his theme song, Learn Buckle. You can follow his creative work on Twitter at EarthMofo. Also thanks to Kevin McLeod for additional music and stingers, which are licensed under Creative Commons. Find his work at incompetech.filmmusic.io. We're on Twitter and Facebook at the NXT Wrestling Fan. Come talk to us. You can also follow Miles on Twitter at MJ Schneiderman and Megan Bob at Megan Bobness. The NXT Wrestling Fan is made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to help us out, go to patreon.com slash nxtwrestlingfan and join our fantastic stable of contributors. They're the best. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts, and if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to email us at nxtwrestlingfan at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks.